season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Back to the JKR podcast. Today we have California native, 2024 Arizona State baseball commit, and a big name to watch there in that 2024 MLB draft. We got Boston Bateman on the JKR podcast. Boston, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Hey, of course. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, but no, before we kind of get digging into your baseball career a little bit, I do have one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, and that is for those who don't know you. How would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Boston Bateman? Yeah, uh, I'm Boston Bateman. Um, I'm committed to Arizona State. I'm a left-handed pitcher, first baseman. Um, yeah, uh, I uh, I uh, I love God and uh, love baseball. So okay, there we go. Love that answer. Um, so let's kind of you talk about Arizona State going there. So you're staying out west. Uh, being from California, going down to Arizona. Uh, so let's just kind of dig into that recruiting process a little bit, kind of, you know, how it got started for you, and when was it that uh, Division One team started reaching out to you? Yeah, so um, I think I was in uh, Arizona at, like, one of the MLK events. I was in eighth grade, and I think I pitched really well, and, you know, PG uh, put me on Twitter, and then right after that game, I got a call from Oregon State, I started talking to them and then slowly over time, uh, school started talking to me and I, in that, the end of my eighth grade summer, I, I received my first offer from Washington state and then it kind of just went on from there. So, okay. So for the most part at the beginning, was it the majority of PAC 12 schools or with you out, you out there being West, like were there some, you know, like SEC, like Arkansas, Tennessee's, um, or even big 10 ACC, like were schools like that reaching out or for the most part at the beginning, was it PAC 12? Yeah, it was mostly Pac-12, but a couple of, like, ACC schools and Big 12 schools, so. Okay. Um. So, during those initial conversations, obviously, you're an eighth grader, so you're still, you know, four or five years away from college at that point. Uh, what were some of those initial conversations like with the teams that you were talking to at first? Yeah, they just they just want to, like, build a relationship with you. That's usually what they, they look for, and they want to see what type of person you are um, outside of baseball, you know, and see how good of a student you are but mostly just they want to see meet you and build a relationship with you. Yeah. So when you were talking to those first couple schools, for the most part, were those phone calls generally like this, you know, like did they generally go around the same or were there a couple schools that had, you know, a different way of going about like those first couple phone calls? Yeah. There were a couple schools that I think I had like a two hour phone call conversation with. And there was a couple schools that was probably five minutes and that helped me kind of decipher, you know, who was really interested in me and wanted to spend time with me. So, yeah. So kind of, kind of, I guess kind of compare uh, just what's talked about in a, in a conversation that, you know, that, that goes five minutes compared to two hours. Like when it's a five minute conversation, I mean, that's more like, Oh, Hey, I'm so-and-so recruiting cater recruiting coordinator at this place. Uh, nice to meet you. All right. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. Like what, yeah. like what kind of conversations that compared, you know, to the two hour one. Yeah. The, the two hour ones, usually we talk about like, um, what I can do mechanically better, what, what they, what they saw, what they liked. Um, they talk about their life. They, they ask questions about me and my life and, you know, 
how how I grew up and they then they want to meet my parents so then my parents get on the phone call and and it kind of slides over from there and like the five minute conversations are like oh how are you doing and then it kind of there's like a little bit of an awkward silence there and then kind of end the, the phone call yeah. at the end I'm sure because I mean five minutes is nothing I mean shoot I yeah. whenever I have like you know a business call to make with my dad like oh hey like I'm I'm, I'm moving back home this date all right I'll talk to you later I mean that's more than five minutes I can't imagine talking to a recruiting coordinator or coach if it's five minutes uh but no when did when did Arizona State kind of make their way into that um conversation yeah so um I think I, I played with the SoCal Giants in the, in the summer and the fall and then so during that summer or fall, um, uh, one of the fix asked me, um, you know, if I'm interested in Arizona State. And I said, heck, yeah. And uh, so I got on a call with them and I knew uh, the assistant coach, Travis Buck. I've known him since I was 11 years old because uh, I lived in uh, Washington State and I used to have like kidding lessons with him and where, where he lived in, in his barn. He had a batting cage in his barn. So I already knew and I talked to him a bunch basically every week and then I started talking to the other coaches and then I went down to Arizona State for like a little camp and I met uh coach Bloomquist and I knew Peraza before because he was at San Diego State and then um so I met them all and I knew it was it was the right fit so okay so you said Washington State um so you actually aren't from California you moved there recently yeah so I'm from like five other states I was oh okay yeah so I was born and raised in, in Nevada, Henderson, Nevada. I lived there for seven years. Um, and then I moved to Utah for about 10 months. And I moved to Texas for three years. I moved to Washington for two years. And I moved to California. Okay. Well, if you don't mind me asking, like, what, what was the reason for all these moving growing up? Yeah, my uh, my dad just wanted, wanted me and my brothers and my sister to have uh, just different experiences. And I definitely, <laughs> I've experienced all cultures and everything. Yeah. I mean, those are, I mean, those are even some cool states to live in. I mean, all the way up there in Washington, obviously Cali, you know, is kind of where like, you know, where everything kind of starts when it comes to culture wise in the United States. And then Texas, I mean, me being a, from Indiana, being a country guy, you know, I just, I love going down there to Texas, seeing everybody wearing their cowboy hats, going to rodeos. I mean, those definitely are some, definitely some cool cultures to live in. I mean, I mean, that's a cool experience for you guys. Uh, But where you're at in California now, how far is that from, I believe Arizona State's in Tempe, Arizona, correct? Yeah, Tempe. How, so how far is that? Uh, it's usually like seven hours. Okay, that's. Not, not, I mean, that's. I mean, that's a little bit of a drive. Like, do you expect your parents to uh, be going out to games when you head there here in a couple of years? Uh, hopefully, yeah. Because uh, we we went down there the other day, and they're like, "We're not driving this again." Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Well, I'm how like how long do you think flights are? Like, would would they hop on a flight to go watch you? You know, pitch a Friday Saturday night baseball game. Yeah, that's probably what they'll do. They're probably like hour and a half the okay. most. All right. So once once Arizona digging back into the recruiting process, once Arizona State kind of worked their way into that conversation, um, did you know like right away that they were going to be the school that you kind of wanted to go to, or were there a couple other schools that you know you finished second or third, uh, kind of right behind Arizona State? Yeah, there was definitely uh, some second and thirds, um, and it it all came down to like. Um, I'd say because my 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 goal is to, to play in the MLB, you know, be a Hall of Famer, be the best left-handed pitcher that you know this world has ever seen. So, um, uh, which you know, which can help me do that, you know. So I I, I Arizona State with their with their experience and how many um, guys they have in the MLB, it compared second to none. So yeah, 
So obviously development there with you saying that development is key when it came to, you know, finding the right school out there in the West Coast. Uh, but what were some other key things that you were looking for as you were going through that recruiting process, you know, deciding between Arizona State compared to another school? Uh, just what were some of those key things you were looking for? Yeah, um, one of the main was how the coaches, how that, how their, how they, what their coaching style was. You know, if they're they like to yell a ton. If they're you know old school, maybe they're more of a new school and they're quieter and they they know um, you know they fit to to how you like to be coached and developed. So that was one of the main reasons. And then of course you know uh, weather's nice because it's kind of hard when uh, you know it's really cold and your muscles are all sore and. Yeah, so yeah. and Tempe's definitely very hot. Yeah, how what's what's that weather difference there in California where you're at? So I'm taking it seven, you know, seven hours from Tempe. What is? I mean, I know California is huge, but like, what part of California are you at? Um, when it comes to you know location wise. Yeah, so I'm in. Uh, it's called Camarillo, California. So it's right near um, Santa Barbara, uh, Ventura, um, and then we're like an hour away from Los Angeles. So. Okay, so is the weather kind of somewhat similar compared to Tempe, or is it a little bit colder with you guys being up north? Yeah, a little bit colder. Okay, yeah. so what's what's weather looking like right now? Because I know here in Indiana, I'm thinking, let's see, I mean, I think it's uh, 20, 27 degrees right now here in Indiana. So what 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 is there where you're at in Cambria, California? What's that weather looking like? Yeah, it's a, it's a nice 60 degrees down here. Ooh, man, that, that, that would be definitely nice right now, you know, going to – uh, like you know, basketball games right now. Me, me being a college student, you know, walking walking to the arena, uh, that'd be a little bit nicer than you know putting on three coats just to walk to yeah. walk a mile to the the basketball arena. Uh, but no, with with you being there in the West Coast, um, like, do you have some pretty good relationships with some other Arizona State commits? Because I'm assuming, I mean, there's I'm sure there's other California and Arizona kids who are going to Arizona State committed in your class or even the 23, 25 class as well. Um, do you have some good relationships with some other guys there? Yeah, most mostly all of them. Um, let me see. I met uh, in North Carolina. I met uh, my buddy Easton Barrett, who's also committed. And then uh, when I went to the underclass All-American Games in San Diego, I met uh, Addison. Uh, and then I met uh, Nick Montgomery at Area Codes, and they're awesome dudes. And, you know, they say, they're, they're, you know, they're awesome. So, yeah. So do you, do you kind of remember that day when, you know, you kind of finally decided, okay, Arizona State is the place I want to go, kind of, what was that that, you know, just kind of put them over the edge over those other schools? And then, like, do you kind of remember that day that, you know, it finally hit your mind that you want to go to Arizona State? Yeah, it was, uh, it was November 2021. I was at a, was at my high school football game. I was just walking down there and I was about to make the call to, to say that I was committed and I knew it was, it was, it was perfect because, um, the, the thing that, that stepped it over all the other colleges was, uh, just the coaches and the relationships I had with them. Like, like coach Buck, I've, I, you know, I've known him for so long. So, yeah. So take us through those relationships you have with those coaches. And I mean, now that it's been over a little bit over a year since you've been committed, uh, how has that relationship even grown or evolved, um, over this past year since committing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've just, I've gotten to know, um, know them better and, how how they all coach and and it lines up pretty well with me and you know coach Peraza is more he's on the quieter side but he knows he knows so much about pitching um coach Bloomquist he gets fired up but it, it's pretty awesome to see 
And then Coach Buck, he's awesome. He's just and he he they have and the amount of MLB experience they have is awesome. So that's yeah. So when you're around guys, you know, who have that major league experience or have been around guys who have played pro ball at that top level, um, what are some different ways that, you know, you, you like to go about like picking their brain, just trying to gain as much knowledge as you can about the game of baseball, whether that's on the pitching side or you said you said you're a first baseman as well at this point, like even on the hitting side as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, like any any opportunity I get to, to ask questions or or see and and um if I you know if I have an issue I can ask anyone you know um because I'm I, I I can never you know learn enough you know so if I um you know if I can pick their brains and become the best baseball player that I can be then that would be awesome so okay all right so when you did commit there in November of 2021 um you were an underclassman not even a junior yet um, so that was before that September 1st deadline to where, you know, it still made it kind of kind of difficult to talk to some of the coaches at times, I, I'm assuming. Um, so what was that difference when it came to before that September 1st deadline um, to, you know, just a couple months ago on September 1st when, um, you know, you're a junior now and it's easier to make conversation with the coaches. Um, can you say, take us through like what that difference was? Yeah, it's uh, before like you had to you had to go through your coaches to, to you know, call them like. Coach Arizona State had to had to text my coach at the high school. My high school coach had to text me, and then we had to get on the call. And but now I can just text uh, all the coaches at Arizona State or wherever, and um, and I can just call them whenever I want and whatever works best for them, and they can just contact me right away. So it's a lot easier. And then I can, you know, there's not, um, you know, I can go to the field, Arizona State. You know, I can go take a tour, and it's all right. So. Yeah, it's a lot easier. So you you mentioned your high school coach there. So you're playing high school baseball at Adolfo Camarillo. Yep. yep. Did I get that right? Kind of Camarillo. Yeah. Camarillo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I sometimes I struggle, you know, with with some of those uh funky words. You know, I always have to make double check before I dig into it. Uh, so now with you playing high school baseball there, obviously California is one of those top tier states when it comes to high school baseball. Obviously Florida, Texas, Cali, Arizona as well. Um, kind of take us through kind of how last season was like as a sophomore and maybe uh, what, what you're looking forward to most tend into your junior year and maybe what the, um, the outlook is for your guys' team in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so my, my freshman year, my first year, we were really good. Uh, I think we had like six D one guys and uh, we made it to the, to the semifinals of, of D two. And then um, the next year we didn't do as well. We weren't happy about that year. Um, I think we placed like, third in our league um but i think this year will be will be so much better we've already we've already played some fall games and done really well so against some decent opponents you know so yeah so what is what is that high school baseball how, how does that high school baseball competition level look like um in california um so what what would you say would be tougher when you're facing the, like the top tier talent of your age group in travel ball compared to when you know you're facing that california high school talent when some guys are, are a little bit older than you, like what would you say would be tougher? Um, probably travel ball. Um, because I think they I wouldn't say have more experience, but they 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 you know, they probably have like a pitching coach or something and sometimes high school guys they don't have all that, you know. So um they're maybe a little bit more experienced, the travel ball guys, but high school guys it's um they're learning from their high school and they're playing with that team every single day, you know, so that it's kind of, 
um, more of a team environment when you're playing high school. But travel ball is kind of, you know, it's just you and, um, you know, getting yourself exposure. So, yeah. So you mentioned there that um, like you guys are division two. Um, you guys played a certain amount of games there and uh, did however well your freshman, sophomore year. So how does that work in California high school baseball? Um, like when it comes to, you know, different divisions and like what your regular season schedule looks like and like how that like works into the postseason format and actually going to that, like, you know, that state championship or that state tournament. Like how does that work out there in California? Yeah. So, um, so D one is the best. So we're, we're, so we're D two. Um, and they, everyone has like a league, you know, so there's about, there's like six teams in each league and, um, the best two teams from that league will make it to the playoffs, I think. And then, um, you just play for playoffs and, um, I think you have, what was it? Four rounds till, till you make it to the championship. And then usually the championship is either held at like Dodger stadium or angel stadium, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. what is – when it comes to, you know, like your regular season schedule or just teams that are around your area, what does that competition competition level look like when it comes to, you know, like other Power 5 commits you're facing up against in high school baseball? Or, like, how often are you facing other guys of your caliber who are going to Power 5 schools or are potential uh, pro prospects here in the next couple of years? Yeah, it happens sometimes um, down at Newberry Park, which is about 10 minutes away from me. They have a ton of Power 5 guys. And we face them a lot. So uh, we're probably um, – and they have a lot of pitchers too. So we face mostly pitchers there. And then uh, Moore Park, which is about 10 minutes away, they're in our league. They have uh, they have a couple Power 5 guys. So, you know, we definitely we, – we, we definitely face a lot of Power 5 guys. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So moving a little bit into travel ball, um, I know you mentioned here earlier that you were part of the SoCal Giants, but I also saw on Perfect Game you played for the Ohio Warhawks. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of take us through your travel experience so far on the different teams that you played for and kind of how you got connected with them. Yeah. So well, speaking of the Ohio Warhawks, I, uh, I played, well, I found them, uh, coach slush. He, he texted me and, um, asked me if I want to play for them. And, um, that was my first experience in Jupiter and they, they made it awesome. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're an awesome program. And I think they're one of the, the first people to ever start. Uh, like travel ball and stuff and um they treat you really well there um and then and speaking of the socal giants uh they've like i think they've changed so many people's lives um just with like exposure um chuck fick who's the the head guy um he just he treats everyone well and he just he wants the best for you which is awesome and so yeah, it's pretty. So, cool. what what's your relationship like with those two coaches? You mentioned Coach Lush, um, contacted you about playing for the Warhawks. Uh, so what's your relationship like with him? And then what's your relationship like with Coach Fick? Is what is what you said? Um, what's your relationship like with those two guys? Yeah. So, well, I, I don't know Coach Slush uh, too well, but I, I met him in Jupiter, you know, and um, he's awesome. He's more of an old school guy, but um, he has a lot of experience in the game. And um, and then Coach Fick, I've known him since my, my freshman year, I met him. Um, and he, uh, he just wants the best for me and I can tell, and it's, it's awesome to know someone who's, who's on my side, you know, and he's definitely one of the, one of the people in my inner circle. And my inner circle is really small, but he, he's definitely one of the people in it. So. Okay. So playing for the Warhawks for that one tournament down there in Jupiter here, a couple of, like, what was it? Maybe five, six weeks ago. Um, compared to when you're playing for the SoCal Giants, you know, at, at, for what it sounds like a pretty consistent basis. 
Uh, what like from you being an insider of both programs, like what do you think are some different ways that they go about it, and kind of how could, could you kind of compare the way that they go about you know like the day to day stuff or just game by game? Yeah, so for the Giants, we play um, like basically every weekend in the fall, and then in the summer we play like one tournament for PG, and um, but we mostly just play each other. So we do like scrimmages and stuff, and uh, like scouts will come out and. Uh, you know, we get a ton of exposure and we're basically playing against the best of the best because we we're playing ourselves, basically. Um, and then uh, for the Warhawks, it's a little it's more like a travel ball team. So we're all a team, you know, and we go play, you know, in Jupiter or the, I think they have their their they have like a World Series in Ohio. Where they play each other, too. So that's kind of how it works. OK, so you said for the SoCal Giants, you guys are generally playing in one perfect game tournament. Um, in the summertime, and you're mostly playing against each other. So, have you even have you been to you know like those tournaments, um, in Hoover or East Cobb or Lake Point down there in Atlanta? Like, do you guys go to tournaments out, like there, or is there more tournaments out there out west, um, that you guys are generally going to? Yeah, it's definitely tournaments out west. Um, but I usually, if I if I am going to uh, like East Cobb or or Georgia. I'll go with, uh, like, I'll go guest play with the team and stuff like that. So I went to um, Georgia in 2021 with uh, CBA baseball. And then I went to um, Florida with CBA and then uh, a couple other teams. So Okay. So when you are, you know, just playing as a guest for a team, how does that compare to when, you know, you're actually built relationships with all the guys as, as your teammates? Um, what is that like, you know, just going in? and meeting a bunch of players for the first time, you know, building those relationships, you know, right off the bat and kind of, you know, as they kind of expect you to go out and, you know, try to help them win games as well. Uh, what is that like as, you know, as a guest player for some of those teams down there um, going to East Cobb and all those different tournaments? Yeah, it, it uh, definitely gives you like a new experience. So, I mean, you're getting a different experience every weekend in the summer. You're meeting new people, you're building relationships, you're getting connections, you know, um, and, and, you know, when you when you build relationships, you know, different things can happen. You know, you can um, maybe this guy knows that guy and then you can end up being, you know, the first overall pick and you never know. So, yeah. um, so this is a question I because for the most part, I generally get guys who are here in the Midwest. Like I said, I'm from Indiana. I get guys who are from the Midwest or down south and they're generally going to, you know, tournaments at Hoover or Cary or, you know, Atlanta with East Cobb Lake Point. With you being there out west, what has been your favorite travel ball facility that you have actually played at so far? Oof. Um, probably all the spring training facilities in Arizona. Those are probably the best because um, there's not really a bad field at all. Yeah. Like so, some games you go to, you get, you know, a really nice field, and then the next you get a rundown field, so – you know, you know, it's all consistency in, in, in Arizona. So, yeah. So is that MLK that you're playing at when you're playing at those spring training facilities? Yeah, usually MLK. Um, there's like a USA tournament down there. Um, there's a PG World Series down there. So, yeah. So what's your so I'm a, I'm a big Cubs fan. So I, when I went down to when I went down to Mesa, I mean, I thought their facility was, you know, probably the best one out there besides besides maybe uh, uh, what's it called? Is it Glendale where the Dodgers and White Sox at Camelback Ranch? I would say those two are probably the best two in my opinion. But with you going to all those different facilities, what do you think that best uh, spring training facility is? That's hard to say. Uh, 
I couldn't say. They're all they're all pretty nice. Um, the Dodgers are really nice. The White Sox, uh, the Rangers are really nice. They got a really nice field there. So. Yeah. All right. So you did. So before we started recording, you did kind of take me through uh, when you did go down to carry and play in that, you know, like PDP, but for the younger class, what you you said it was like the ADP or something. Yeah, the NTDP. And yeah. okay. Um, so kind of take us through that experience a little bit uh, when it comes to, you know, just like the day to day or just some some cool things that you were able to experience while you were there in carry. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I've never been to North Carolina, so um, they picked us up from the airport. Um, we all went to the hotel and they gave us a ton of, you know, USA gear. We could wear that USA against our, across our chest. And um, I think one of the cooler experiences was uh, we signed, I think uh, like 1500. Uh, so like the little stickers, you know, that yeah. you, they put on cards, we signed about 1500 of those. And that took us about four hours, but that was a cool experience. Um, and just playing the game, um, with you know, with all with all those buddies, and I, one of my one of my buddies that's committed to Arizona State was playing on the team with me, and um, you know, you get to you get to play against all those guys, so it was awesome. Yeah. So what what was that average? What did that day to day look like when it came to you know maybe potentially leaving the hotel, getting maybe a team breakfast or whatever it happens to be? Uh, what did that day to day look like there at the in Cary? Yeah. So you so you like wake up. Um, you go eat breakfast and then you'd have like a meeting for like 30 minutes on what you're going to do for the day. And then you go to the field in North Carolina um, and you usually go through like some development stuff. So for me, uh, be like either at first base or pitching. And then um, you do like a mental development stuff um, and then you might throw a bullpen and then you probably you take a lunch break. And then you go into um, like BP um, IOs, which, is you know, uh, infield outfield. Um, and then you go in, into your game and then you play the game and then you go, you get on the bus, uh, go eat dinner. And then you usually at, like at night, uh, we would have like a motivational speaker or someone come. So we had, um, we had one of the mental coaches, uh, from the Detroit Tigers. He came and talked to us. And then we had, um, like Morgan Stanley, they came and talked to us about like investment and how you can invest your money and how yeah. you can use it. Mostly, so. Okay. So you said that you guys got to um, sign 1500 of those little uh, stickers for the cards. So obviously from talking to some other players, you know, it's not as fun as what you would think, you know, signing your own personal baseball card. So what was, what was that like, you know, just consistently just, Oh, just signing 1500 times, uh, just the same thing. Uh, what was that like? I loved it. It was awesome. Cause I I've been practicing, uh, practicing my, I've had the same signature since I was three years old. So. I, I, I kind of have it down, so it was fun for me. So you know, what 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 goes into that signature? Uh, ooh. uh so it's like uh, here I'll show you. Well, I can't show you on the on the zoom, uh, but um, you know, you got the two B's, you got double B, and then I'll do some cursive stuff, make it look like my name, and then you got number ninety nine down there, maybe a smiley face. Okay, all right. So number ninety nine. So are you planning on sticking with that when you head to Arizona State, or then you go play pro ball at some point? Hopefully, if uh, if the number's not retired, yeah, somewhere. So I mean, I mean, ninety nine is a pretty cool number, especially obviously now with Aaron Judge kind of making that even more popular within the game. Um, I've always been a big ninety nine fan, uh, besides my number of thirteen. But uh, so you also got to experience that area code event. Um, as an underclassman, I got to go up and play for it. Looked like the Milwaukee Brewers. 
um, area code team. Uh, so what was what was that experience like, you know, getting to face up against some of the other top prospects uh, within your class across the country? Uh, just take us through that experience a little bit, too. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. We, were, we went down to San Diego um, and um, we went down there. And then I think I pitched against the Nationals, I believe, in like the third game at uh, University of San Diego, which is an awesome campus. Um, and, you know, we got to meet a ton of people, a ton of like MLB scouts and build a relationship with them, which is which is really neat. And then um, you get a bunch of gear there, which is awesome, of course. And then they have something like uh, up on uh, like the left field line. They have like the players lounge kind of thing. They had like a PS4 and um, different stuff that you could use. So it was pretty cool. Pretty cool yeah. event. So when you're talking to like, you know, different area scouts or just kind of building relationships with them, with you still, you know, about a year and a half away um, from that 2024 MLB draft, uh, what are some different conversations like with scouts? Um, are you guys talking about different things in your game? Are you picking their brain? Uh, can I take us through what that what that general conversation's like with like, you know, an area scout or even a coach for the area code teams? Yeah, um, mostly they just want over time to build a relationship with you. So they start pretty early with me. Um, that's the main thing. And then, um, of course, I pick their brains and see, um, you know, what what stands out to them, what what they look for and, um, you know, and and see what what I can do better. So. Yeah. OK, so this is going to be kind of the same question I asked you for the event in Cary. Uh, but what did that day to day look like when you were at Area Code? Because um, I know from talking to some guys here in the past, like they said, it was a big difference when it came to um, at that point. I was talking to some guys at the who went to the PDP. Uh, and they said it was like, you know, a pretty big difference when it came to, you know, just like day to day. Um, so what what did those uh, what did that day to day look like at Area Code? Yeah, so it was a little different because um, I was with my parents there and uh, we didn't like in North Carolina with USA. They they all put us in a hotel together. And but for Area Codes, you kind of you kind of go in your your own uh, your own hotel and stuff like that. But so you show up to the field, uh, you know, you hit batting practice um, and then you play your game. Uh, and then after you might, you know, take pictures or something, say what's up to your buddies. So, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it was a lot different. It was more like, um, you know, like like a high school game or like a travel ball game. So. Yeah. So if you heading into your final season of uh, of travel ball, I'm um, just kind of taking a look back at the past. What are some of your favorite travel ball memories that you've made so far? Uh, whether that's you know just traveling across the country, different things in the hotel room, a different event during a game. Uh, what what are some of those favorite uh, favorite travel ball memories that just come to mind uh, when you think about you know just the years and years that you've been playing travel ball? Yeah, um, probably my most favorite memory was, was when I was like twelve in Washington State, and we were playing against I don't know who it was, but threw a I threw a perfect game and I had all the strikeouts. So it was we we're playing a six inning game, so we had eighteen strikeouts. That was one of my favorite memories, and um, but definitely you know you get to just all the experiences, all the places you get to go that lead you. Um, hopefully you get the opportunity to play for the, the 18U national team this year um, and go, I don't know. I think they're going to Taiwan. So that'll be, if I, if I could do that, that'd be an awesome experience. Yeah. Um. So playing, you know, playing travel ball in Washington there for a couple of years, like you said, you were there, I believe for two years, I think you said, um, did you see a big difference in the competition level when you moved from Washington to um, Cali? Because obviously, I mean, if you're getting 18 strikeouts there in, in six in six innings, I mean, obviously you're kind of dominating the competition there in Washington. So what did that competition level look like and how did it compare to uh, California to Washington? 
Yeah, there's a pretty big difference because uh, California, you can play all all year round. But in Washington, you know, it like snows in the winter. So you got to find a facility to go in. Sometimes you can't long toss and stuff like that. So there's definitely a pretty big difference probably because of the development and the weather and stuff like that. So, you know, heading into that final year of travel ball, this is kind of where, you know, the incoming seniors kind of get to get experience all that fun stuff, like you mentioned earlier, potentially playing for the national team, doing a bunch of other cool events that uh, just baseball puts together for all you incoming seniors. Uh, just heading into your final year of travel ball and potentially doing some of these events. Uh, what are some of your goals um, heading into the summer? And what are some of the things that you're looking forward to most uh, just being that incoming senior playing travel ball? Yeah, uh, a couple of my goals is to play, of course, for the 18U national team, go to Taiwan, and then um, another one is to play in the perfect game, All-American game. And then, um, you know, I have a goal uh, to hopefully by this fall or next fall, you know, 2023, um, hopefully throw 100. That's one of my goals. So, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty excited for, the, for this summer and, um, you know, what what it'll, it'll entail. So, yeah. So throwing so throwing a hundred with with that being your goal here, you know, within you know that's going to be that's seven eight months away. Uh, throwing a hundred. So what what are you throwing right now? Kind of, I guess, just kind of move into one of my next questions. Uh, what is kind of your pitching repertoire? Um, and then kind of you know what what are your different grips and what are your some of your velos on uh, those different pitches? Yeah, so uh, I throw a four seam fastball. Uh, I throw a slurve, so it's like I guess slider and a curveball mixed, and then I throw a uh, a split change. So okay, and then so are you are you pretty dead set with those three pitches you got, or yeah, I mean they work well, but I'll definitely I'm open to new grips, new new ideas. So yeah, and what what I guess I, I guess I forgot to ask what what are those velos on those different pitches? Yeah, so my fastball usually usually sits uh, like 92, 94, um, and then my slider um, it it's usually like 78, 79. Um, and then change up, uh, it's a pretty hard change up. So it's like 84, 85. Okay. So when you do go about, you know, potentially adding a fourth or fifth pitch when you either, uh, this next uh, year, or even when you head to Arizona state or go play pro ball, uh, what, uh, what, like, how do you go about adding, adding a new pitch? Cause I know some pitchers have different ways of going about it. Um, so like, how do you kind of go about the whole process of adding a new pitch? Yeah. Uh, I think just trying uh, like if I was to try like a curveball or like a more defined slider, um, I try and find as many grips as I can and, and see which one works the best for me. And then um, I think the key is throwing it off the mound because, you know, when you're on flat ground, it's not a slope and that's not what you're going to do in a game. So I think the key is going on the mound and finding what's comfortable for you. So. Okay. All right. So I know you are listed as obviously a left-handed pitcher, but you're also listed as a first baseman. Um, so is the plan in college to potentially go as a two-way player or are you kind of uh, trying to stick at a left just being a pitcher? Because I know that's kind of your strong suit at this point um, from just mm -hmm. seeing the different rankings. So kind of take us through where your mindset is on that and kind of what you think the plan is heading into your um, head into Arizona State or potentially getting drafted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I want to be a two-way player. Yep. So that's 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 one of my goals is uh, to hopefully hit and pitch. Okay. All right. So let's kind of dig into a couple more pitching things real quick. And then I do want to hit, dig into your hitting approach, hitting mindset, stuff like that. Um, so I know at this point in the year, December is kind of when um, a lot of pitchers here in the Midwest do like to, you know, have a little deload and then take, you know, a, maybe two or three weeks off and then kind of start ramping back up for that spring season. 
Um, I guess there in California where you can play year round, is that somewhat of the same thing when it comes to arm care or just kind of take us through uh, what your like arm care situation is or just what your how, how you how you look at arm care? Yeah, um, arm care is like super important for me. Um, so I've been taking uh, so six weeks off right now. I have one more week left. Um, but I think one of like the most important arm cares is just stretching and um, grabbing a lacrosse ball and just and, uh, going on a table and just smoothing out all your muscles and all that type of stuff. And then um, I go to a place called Live Athletics here in uh, it's in Westlake, um, and they do like an awesome job of keeping me really mobile, but also getting stronger, you know, in the right areas and muscles. So, so when that what so after next week, you said you have one week left of, you know, there's like this off period. Um, How do you go about, you know, ramping back up there for that spring season and just, you know, uh, getting ready for a long, long baseball season? Yeah. Uh, you kind of just slowly ramp back up. Um, so a lot of uh, like the first week will probably be, really light toss to, you know, like 90 or 120 feet. And then as I, as I progress more long toss, uh, it's like a super huge thing with me. And then, um, and then I'll go to uh, a place in Cincinnati where they'll do like a, like a biomechanical thing and they'll help me uh, find in it uh, inefficiencies and, and make me more efficient. And so, so, you know, that I can be the best pitcher that I can be. Yeah. So I take, so when you're heading to Cincinnati, I take it you're working a lot with technology um, when it comes to, you know, finding those inefficiencies. Um, so what's your, what has, what has been your experience so far with all the different technologies? Cause obviously baseball in the day and age that we're in, um, you're learning, a, like there's a lot of technologies out there when it comes to, um, hitting, pitching, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot of technology out there. So what's your experience been so far with that? Yeah. Uh, I've used like rap soto track, man. Um, trying to think for hitting, I've used like blast mo motion, uh, diamond kinetics, but I've never really done uh, like a biomechanical like scan and stuff because um, I'm 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 a really I'm based on like feel and stuff sometimes sometimes feel sometimes technology really comes into use because then you get to see numbers and results yeah. so yeah okay so flipping around a little bit to when you're actually in the batter's box you're hitting playing first base. Uh, just take us through what your what your hitting approach is when it comes to, you know, you're in the batter's box. You're kind of, I mean, sorry, you're on the on-deck circle watching the guy in front of you, uh, watching the pitcher, kind of see what he's doing. Uh, just take us through what, you know, what your mindset is and your approach is uh, when you're walking up there to the batter's box. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm basically seeing every pitch when I'm on deck and I'm thinking, um, uh, what can I do with that baseball? So I imagine in my brain, um, you know, if it's a fastball low and away, I'm imagining myself putting it um, to that, that, the opposite side gap. Um, and then when I think in my opinion, hitting is all about adjustments and you have to make like quick adjustments. So when I went to the, up to the plate, um, you know, I swing and a miss on a ball that's maybe uh, low and low. Um, I think, Oh, did I get under that? Did I get on top of it? And I just imagine myself um, fixing that. And it takes like two seconds and that's just a little adjustment. And then, you know, it, it happens. Okay. But so I, I know when you are in the batter's box, you you are a right-handed hitter, but obviously you're a left-handed thrower. Um, so how did that come about being a right-handed hitter um compared to you know just being in that left-sided batter's box? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how I became a right-handed hitter. Um I've tried I've tried being a lefty, uh like hitting wise, but it just didn't work yeah. out. 
So you just you just kind of grew up. You first time you grabbed a bat, you just swung it right, and just have always been that same way. Yep, always. Okay, I mean it's it, it's so weird how I mean even I mean there's righties who have that same thing where they're right-handed throwers but hit lefty and they I ask them and they're like, well, I guess when I picked up a bat when I was four years old, I just swung lefty and I've always been that way. I was like, man, I wish yeah. wish I was because I mean being a left-handed hitter is kind of gives you a pretty good advantage, but. Um, no, I mean, that's, it's cool. It's, it's so odd how, how that works sometimes. Um, but no, when it comes to, uh, just watching your game, let's say you are a scout watching your game. This can be watching yourself on the mound in the dugout, interacting with some teammates, um, in the field and the batter's box, what would be a personal scouting report on yourself? If you were a scout, uh, really intense when I, when I'm on the mound, I'm one of the most intense people you'll ever meet. Uh, but when I'm off, I'm pretty, I'm pretty funny and I have like a massive amount of energy sometimes, maybe too much. Um, and, um, yeah, just really intense. And, um, I, I, uh, I try and work. Uh, I think in my opinion, I'm one of the hardest workers Okay. and uh, I try and, and do that. So, yeah. yeah. So, so what are some of the biggest things that you personally are wanting to work on? Um, before, you know, you either go to Arizona State or get drafted there that summer of 2024, uh, just moving to the next level. What are some of the things you're wanting to work on most? Uh, probably just uh, lifting more weights because I uh, I just started like a month ago, like lifting weights heavy. So I was seeing how far I can go velo wise with I still work out, of course, but, uh, you know, making sure I'm I'm still projectable and stuff like that. So I've just started lifting weights and I want to see where helps me go so. all right all right so i was just when this pictures that you sent me here for the you know the social media post i'm working on i thought i saw you with long hair but i wanted to i'm going through your instagram right right now just to double check and it looks like you did have some pretty long hair you had a pretty good flow there going uh during area code so uh when when did you cut off that flow i still have it oh shoot oh man got that man bun going Shoot. All right. Do you, you wear that man, gu- uh, man bun during, you know, during games or do you let that, do you just let that stuff fly? There we go. Love to, love to see it. Uh, but no, man, got a couple more questions here for you. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to be an agent once I graduate here. Um, I'm actually the same class as you, you know, just in college compared to high school. So I'll be graduating here in 2024 and I'm going to be trying to become an agent and advisor. I'm doing, doing like this, right, the right steps right now to become that. Uh, but when I get players like yourself on the podcast, I like to kind of dig into, you know, your advisor selection process, you know, just kind of get what players like yourselves are kind of thinking when it comes to advisors and agents, get that player side of thing, uh, that player mindset side of things. Um, so when it came for you to, you know, go through that selection process, uh, when was it that advisors and, you know, agencies started reaching out to you? Um, I think it was my sophomore year. Um, but I met, I knew, uh, my agent now I knew him since I was, um, cause he went to, he goes to the same church I do. Um, so I've known him right when I moved here in California. So I met him right away. Um, but when I, when I started, I was looking for, um, like a, not a smaller agency, but, uh, people that kept themselves small, you know, um, and people that were more agents that were more personal and, you know, cared more about you and you weren't just like a number to them, you know, because sometimes a lot of, a lot of agents seem to do that. And, um, they, they, there, there's like a main agent and then they have, you know, people working for them, you know, and that's who the agent is, is the people working for them. But for my agency, 
it's the guy who who is the 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 owner you know that's my agent so it's okay. nice yeah so did, so did most agents so obviously you had a pre-existing relationship with your guy and like as i've gotten to know like relationships are huge um when it comes to picking an agent slash advisor um but when you were when you were going through it then most agents kind of have the same way of going about it when it came to you know interacting with you for the first time um and was those interactions through social media in person uh, I guess what what were some of those initial like conversations or interactions with with some of those agents? Yeah, pretty much all of them were in person. So I met them like after my game or before my game, and they were there to to see me or some other players uh, play. And I I would say they were all different. They all had like different personalities and different ways of of doing things. And so yeah. Okay. But I when I was when I was looking for an agency, I was looking for more like a family environment. And, someone who cared really about me of course yeah so did did most agents have the same way of going about the whole like you know like the agent recruitment process or were there some guys that you know potentially did something that stuck out to you in a bad way to where you kind of like crossed them off the list yeah um I wouldn't say anyone did anything bad um I would say some of them were all the same in where they would they would you know state um you know who uh, who they represent and all the players they represent. Um, they all did that, which is kind of good, you know, shows who, who, who they have. Um, but uh, a lot of them said, you know, what they can offer, what they can do for me um, and stuff like that. So. So now, so now that you have decided on who your like draft advisor slash agent, once you go pro ball, go to pro ball is going to be uh, like, how often are you talking to him? Are you talking on a like, you know, day to day, week to week basis, or like how often are you guys in contact? Yeah, uh, like every two weeks. It just depends on, like, if I have a question about an event, I, I can text him right away and he responds really quickly. So Okay. So besides, you know, asking about events, like, what are some other things? I mean, now that he's, like, already got you kind of on board with his team and he's not, like, like going after you as, like, in the recruitment side of things, like, what are um some of those conversations? Like, what are you guys, you know, like, talking about uh, when you are um in conversations? Um. It's mostly just how I'm doing, um, seeing um, well if I need something, you know, um, if um, like the, uh, I'm building a, a brand right now for uh, is it my nickname Sasquatch, so um, we're building a little brand for myself and and seeing, you know, if I have any opportunities, um, you know, to 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 find a brand that wants to 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 you if I can use their shirts, you know, or shorts or you know, sweatpants to put my brand on. So. Okay. And I guess that, that was, a, that was kind of here. My final question uh, before we move into, you know, those rapid fire uh, quick questions was the whole Sasquatch thing. I saw that on your Instagram bio and I'm assuming that's because you got the long hair and you are, I mean, six, seven where you're towering over everybody. Uh, so where, I guess, where did that nickname come from and when did that start out? Yeah. So it came from just a bunch of coaches. They just started calling me that. And uh, I've kind of, uh, I've turned it into a, a different meaning. Um, Sasquatch to me means um, you can dream big. You know, you don't have to be, um, you know, small or, 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 you know, tall. It's about all about the size of your heart. So that's what kind of Sasquatch means to me. And, um, you know, you can do anything and just to dream big. That's, okay. that's I, I love that you kind of, you know, created your own uh, 
uh, meaning for it compared to what like the, what the coaches were giving it to you for being you know being that big guy with the long hair. Um, that I mean that is super cool that you've made your own meaning for it, and especially with you creating your own brand with the opportunity to capitalize on your NIL when you head to college, or you know just do different endorsement or collaborations with brands uh, for endorsement deals when you head to pro ball. I mean, that is that I mean, that's a, that's a cool thing to work off of uh, when it comes to, you know, potentially creating your own logo or your own merchandise, stuff like that. Um, With me being an aspiring agent, like I'm big into that, like I'm helping a couple guys here in Indiana. And I, I always find it fascinating, like Walter Ford. So I'm sure you've heard of his name before, uh, played for USA Prime and all those different teams. Um, His. Oh, shoot. I forget what his nickname was. Oh, Vanilla 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 Missile was his nickname. Yeah. And like he created his own merch and brand uh, branding for it, like his own logo. And I mean, I just I find that stuff just so cool because I mean, uh, I mean, fans love it, especially when you, you know make it to that major league level. I mean, fans are buying anything they can with a different with a different player's name on it. Um, yeah. so I mean that that is super cool. Uh, but no, let's let's head into you know these last these last few rapid fire questions. Let's end it off. Get you get you headed off to school, so you know you're not you're not too late to class. Uh, but right. no, so I uh, got five rapid fire here questions for you. So when it comes to just the most influential people within your baseball career, who are some of those people and like, what's the reasoning for them being so influential? Yeah. Uh, number one is my father in heaven, yeah, heavenly father. So uh, he's blessed me with, with abilities and opportunities that, that um, not many people get. And I feel like uh, I'm in debt to him always. And that um, any way I can spread the word of God is, is a way that I can help. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So when it comes to, you know, some of your passions beyond baseball, obviously you're putting a lot of time into baseball um, when it comes to training, playing travel ball, high school ball, stuff like that. And being out there in California where you guys are playing pretty much year round. But when it comes to when you are actually off the baseball field, what are some of those passions you have? Uh, I love the fish. I love snorkeling. Um, I love to play ping pong. I love to swim. So a lot of, a lot of outdoor stuff. Okay. It looks like a lot of water stuff as well. So is that, you know, in that, in that specific ocean or are like, are you on that beach area or is it like more like lakes there in California? Yeah. Uh, it's the Pacific ocean. We go like deep sea fishing. Uh, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm scared of the water a little bit. So I try to stay out of the water. Um, so when I swim, I'll swim in like pools or a lake or something. Okay, so what's the so deep sea fishing? I mean, I always hear people going to Miami and catching like big old marlins. So when yeah. you're deep sea fishing out there in Cali, like what are some like cool things that you're able to catch? Uh, yeah, we catch like rockfish. So it's like a redfish, and they're when when they come up, uh, their stomach explodes. So it's it, their stomach explodes out of their mouth. So when you catch them, it's just this ugly looking fish, and their eyeballs are all massive and. Uh, you catch those, you catch barracuda, um, you catch sea bass, uh, white sea bass. And yeah, so it's okay. fun. Well, I guess, I mean, it's still cool, but man, what the, what the hell? Like, <laughs> ugh, gross. But, uh, so down to the final three questions. So uh, when it comes to like different motivations, what is it that kind of helps you get out of bed every day, you know, get up, kick the sheets in a way is what some, like some influencers say, uh, and just go about winning the day, getting better every day. What is it that kind of motivates you? Um, just to go out and get better. Uh, I just want to achieve all my goals so bad, and um, um, on a mission to to uh, spread God's word. So, if I if if I if it means I'm getting up at four in the morning, that, that's I'm gonna do it. So, okay, all right. So this kind of that kind of leads me into my next question. Uh, let's so when it comes to like goals and all different stuff like that. Let's say here you put yourself twenty years from now, so you'll be what like 37, 36, 37. 
Uh, what does that perfect picture of your life looks like um, in 20 years? If you know everything's going right, what does that look like? Um, hopefully uh, playing in the MLB um, and then um, playing, let's see, hopefully being a future Hall of Famer. So, yeah. All right. Love to see it. I mean, you've got, you know, with you being a lefty and you being a, you know, that six, seven, six, seven body. I mean, you definitely got that, get that potential. I'm sure. And you, like I um, saw kind of where I came across your name was where you were listed as the, the number three prep pitcher for that 2024 draft from that. Uh, I believe it was like MLB prospects or some, something like that. I mean, that was, that was kind of where I came across your name. Okay. And I mean, uh, so I guess this isn't a rapid fire question, but when you do see your name and stuff like that, like what kind of what goes across your mind um, in terms of seeing your name, like atop some of those names who were projected to be drafted in the top couple picks um, in that 24 draft? Like what is that feeling like and kind of what goes through your mind when you see that? Uh, it's cool and all, but um, I think I, I need to get better every day. That's my goal. And um, I try not to, to, to look at all that type of stuff. And I try to just focus on being the best baseball player that I can be every single day. So that's okay. my main goal. All right. All right, man. Well, I'm down to that last question. So um, we talked about, you know, like your branding stuff when it comes to, you know, branding yourself as Sasquatch and doing your own uh, merchandise and stuff like that. Uh, but when it does come time to where, you know, you're able to work with a brand, uh, what it, what would be one dream brand that you would love to, you know, endorse or collaborate with um, at some point here in the future? Uh, whew, that's hard to say. Uh, probably Nike, of course. It's Nike. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, that's a common answer. I mean, I'd say Nike, Lululemon are probably the two most common answers here on that final question I ask here on the podcast. Uh, but no, man, um, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I do want to wish you the best of luck when it comes to, you know, playing travel ball this year, whether that's going to play for the USA team, going to Taiwan or whatever happens this summer, uh, going to the 2024 draft and beyond potentially playing at Arizona state as well. I want to wish you the best of luck when it comes to the rest of your career. I know for sure I'll definitely be following. I'm sure we'll run into each other at some point. Like I said, like I'm as I head into the future, I head in like beyond graduation here at Indiana. I'm going to be an agent kind of working in baseball. So I'm sure I'll run across you at some point, meet you in person, you know, get you some JK or podcast merchandise to wear around, uh, you know, potentially, you know, wear it around to Taiwan, you know, kind of get that JKR brand out there. A little bit. Uh, but no, man, just, just really appreciate you coming on the show and I'll, I'll end it off here. That way, you know, you can head to class. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very grateful.